You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. We had a meeting with uh, Daphne Naidu of the Department of Social Development. Gauteng on the 4th of October, which we thought had gone very well. And we're waiting for a follow-up. Um, and a few days later, one of our members forwarded this directive to us. So it had not even been sent to Baby Saver South Africa. Um, and we were horrified, actually, that it had been signed on the day that we had the meeting, the 4th of October. The, the, it was written on the 27th, we see, of September, but it was approved uh, and signed off on the 4th of October. We only became aware of it a few days later. So according to this directive, you know, um, what are your institution and others that do a similar work uh, precisely guilty of in terms of the contravention of the law? Well, as far as we're concerned, we're not guilty of any contravention of the law. Um, we agree 100% that uh, unsafe abandonment uh, is a criminal offence. But if a, a baby is safely relinquished into a baby saver, that is not unsafe abandonment. And uh, that means that the baby's right to life is protected. So does this mean that uh, you will be uh, fighting against this? Will you be taking this matter to court? Well, we are. Um, our lawyers sent a letter, the very, I think within two days of receiving that directive, saying that we will not be closing down the baby savers. They are not um, illegal. And um, requesting a meeting within seven days, which they haven't responded to, unfortunately. We'd like to work with them because, I mean, surely the child's rights to life are of interest to everybody. They have to take priority above everything else. The department does contend that um, the baby box practice uh, is one that compromises the protection of children um, as legislative processes are not being followed. How do you respond to that? Well, that's why we formed Baby Savers South Africa, was to have an umbrella organization to try and make sure that anybody who was in, you know, opening a baby saver had set protocols in place. And all of them have to be linked to a child protection organization. And they will all be undergoing um, all the legislative steps that need to be taken when a child, whether they found abandonment or handed into a child care home, those steps are all in place. Uh, one of the other issues that is raised in um, the um, communication from the DSD, it says that uh, this abandonment also, uh, apart from compromising the protection of the children, silences the voice of the biological father, and this creates a caseload of untracked abandoned children uh, with their rights being denied in terms of family name, identity, cultural and religious practice. Again, um, you know, your response to that, uh, Sandy? Well, one has to look at the fact that if there's a, a person, it's not always a woman who abandons, but if there's a person who is so desperate that they're going to leave their baby in a dustbin, down a pit latrine, in a field, you know, the places that we hear daily of babies being found. Um, and you do know that out of every three babies that are found, two of them have died already. 
um, and a lot are never found. So they obviously are also dead. So what we're saying is that where are the family rights for those children and the father's rights for those children? We're saying that the child's right to life has to supersede all of those. That if there is somebody who is going to do this, who is that desperate, rather have an alternative, a very last resort of safe relinquishment. And it takes more effort to go and take your baby to a baby saver and put it in the saver so that the baby's life is preserved rather than just going across the road and, and dumping a baby. Do you know what I mean? So what we're saying is that uh, those uh, rights would all be non-existent in the case of a baby that is abandoned unsafely. And at least this way, the baby has a right to life and possibly even reuni reunification because there's a 60 to 90 day period after a, a child has been um, handed in that um, they put out adverts, they try to find if there's any family that's interested, anybody who knows. And I mean, let's be honest, where was the father when this woman got to a point that she was so desperate that she's going to dispose of her baby? I think he already gave up those rights, quite frankly. And I'm just curious, uh, as you said, you did meet with the Department of Social Development at some point in October, early October. Do you think there could have been a way for uh, yourselves and the department to find each other and try and resolve what the department may find problematic? Well, we were under the impression that the meeting had gone wrong, uh, gone wrong, gone very, very well, and that there were ways that we could actually come together and do this in order to protect children, because that, at the bottom line, is what the DSD needs to ensure, that children's lives are protected. So we were really hoping that we could go forward together, um, but at, at this stage we've had no um, comeback so as things stand right now, Sandy, um, are your centres still operational? Are they still opening? Are you still receiving children who are being surrendered? Yes, we have not closed the savers. There may be one or two that are in a position where they have felt that perhaps their registration was in threat or something who might have done so. But we have, um, in our lawyers' letters, said we will not be closing our savers. We need to be there to protect children's lives. We'll leave it there for now, Sandy. Uh, let's uh, hear now from the department responsible for children protection services at the Department of Social Development in Gauteng, Yvonne uh, Dionarain. Yvonne, thanks so much for your time. Welcome to Update at Noon. Thank you for the opportunity. I think what we are saying as the Department of Social Development is we're saying that that practice is unlawful. Now, let me explain why we're saying it's unlawful. Firstly, we're saying that abandonment is a criminal offence. So when you look at the structures that have been uh, put up by Baby Savers, now remembering Baby Savers is a coordinating structure and these uh, baby baskets and baby boxes are placed at child and youth care centres as well as private temporary safe care homes. Now the Department of Social Development is saying that abandoning a baby in terms of the Children's Act is actually a criminal offence. And through these baby baskets and baby boxes, we are now promoting abandonment of children. Whereas we have a child protection system 
Where in which mothers who wish to relinquish their rights as birth mothers can do so safely within the child protection system. The partners involved in this child protection system are the Department of Social Development, the Department of Health, the South African Police Services, should mum wish to abandon baby after hours. There is a protocol in place where the South African Police Services comes in and steps in as provided for in the Children's Act and the Department of Health because both uh, most birth mothers give birth in hospitals. And there's also a standard protocol within hospitals should mums wish to relinquish their responsibility. Another reason um, we are saying, Sakina, is when you look at our child and youth care centers, we register all child and youth care centers. We are unaware that the child and youth care workers um, are receiving babies directly from communities. In terms of the Children's Act, child and youth care centers are not able to directly receive babies from uh, the community, but should be receiving babies through the children's court. So what we're doing is we are now coming up with another process that is not legislated. The private temporary safe care homes that have these baby baskets, the Department of Social Development is not aware of these private temporary safe care homes. What it means then is these private temporary safe care homes are private people that are now receiving the babies. The department has a process involved in screening and assessing all safe temporary safe care homes. We are not aware of some of these private temporary safe care homes. In addition, in light of child trafficking, the sexual exploitation increases and sexual abuse of our children, private temporary safe care homes are expected to be vetted, vetted against the National Child Protection Register. Because let's face it, we are living in communities and societies where our children are being exploited by the very same people that are saying that they are taking care of our children. So those are the processes that the Department of Social Development is pointing out and saying we have concerns around the processes because it deviates from what the Children's Act is prescribing. Another point, Sakina, very uh, sorry. Can I just add to? Oh, sure, sure. Please finish your point. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, we're also saying that the, the child has a right to a name, a family. There's a biological father responsible. So through this practice, what we're doing is we're silencing the voice of the biological father extended family, siblings, and significant others that can and will and may form part of the child's baby's life, should we just allow the mother to relinquish within the child care and protection system and saying to mom, give us those details because other placement options can be explored for the child as opposed to this child being considered and labeled an abandoned child for the rest of their lives. Mm. The child is voiceless at this point, but the child grows up and the child then will be asking questions. And how are we going to be able to answer and respond to that that child? So I last asked, point. 
Okay. Okay. I asked Sandy that very question as you had outlined it, yes, um, you know, in your communication. And her response was, and I think one that most people would perhaps agree with, where are yes. these extended family members? Where are these fathers at the point where the mother uh, then surrenders the child? Because if they are so involved, surely they would be aware and they would know that there is a problem and would in some instances be able to take care of these children. These are practices that have existed for, um, you know, millennia in our families, uh, in our extended family structures. Absolutely. I think that's a very important point raised. But I think what we are saying is let's give this mother an opportunity to relinquish the baby within a system. And all the necessary counseling, exploring the background, the circumstances of mom, the biological father, um, extended family can be explored at that point. And if there are no other alternative options, I agree. The child then should be uh, taken through the, the system, the child protection system, and even can be considered for adoption. Now, that's the other challenge we have. Some of these babies, we are not tracked. So when we have these illegal baby baskets in operation, we are creating a pool of untracked, abandoned babies. And I can safely say that in terms of our statistics, just for the period of April to uh, September, we have a record of 13 babies. But baby savers are coming with a statistic of thousands of babies. So we need to now engage with each other. And therefore, the Department of Social Development is currently doing its analysis to find out exactly where are these baby baskets uh, located. Are they located in our suburbs or are they located in areas where we are seeing there's high rates of abandonment that baby savers are referring to? These are um, analysis that we are doing currently, Sakina, so that we are able to engage baby savers and say, let's work together in promoting and and promoting prevention and awareness information to birth mothers or mothers that are at risk of abandoning their babies and say to these mothers, there are options as opposed to then putting your baby into an illegal Mm. uh, baby basket. Further to that, we would be able to safely track these babies in light of the fact that there are a number of babies that are being placed in in um, national and international adoptions because these babies are not tracked effectively. So let me ask, Thank uh, you, ma'am. as as I said, um, you know, earlier, these uh, facilities have existed for decades in this country. How many have been vetted? Okay. In terms of the Department of Social Development, I want to put on record, we have a total of 153 registered child and youth care centers. All of these child and youth care centers have been given um, certificates from the department saying that they are able to operate as a child and youth care center. Now, this is where the trick is or the, the, the confusion comes. How many of our NPO-run child and youth care centers that are registered with the Department of Social Development that are running the baby baskets? That is a question we are trying to establish with our registered child and youth care center. 
centers. So this Yvonne, factors may have existed, but this information of having the baby basket service has not been disclosed to the department when we register our NPO-run CYCCs. I can say mm. with safe assurance that our government-run CYCCs do not have the baby basket facility. But you are aware that they exist. And my point is, why haven't you then acted previously to try and vet them or discourage them or deal with them in any specific way, given that you know that they exist. Uh, The minister in uh, a response in Parliament said that since January this year, 64 babies have been abandoned, according to media reports, according to media reports. Um, And then um, uh, from April 2020 to March 2021, 435 babies were abandoned countrywide. So we know the problem exists. We know that mothers are surrendering these babies to these facilities. We as the media know it. Most people would know it. So surely the department could have been proactive a lot sooner in trying to establish exactly what is going on. Try and vet these people so that you can uh, perhaps uh, avert things like child trafficking and uh, in trying to curtail some of the problems that you've highlighted. Absolutely. I think I think what we're saying at this point in time, the illegal baby baskets, we are now noting that our registered CYCCs are also part of practicing baby baskets, which we were not aware of previously. How many legal baby baskets are there in the country? I'm not aware of that stats. So we are currently looking at our NPO run. CYCCs registered with the department. We are trying to establish how many of the 143, because I said to you this 153 in total, 143 are NPO-run CYCCs. We are trying to now confirm how many of our 143 um, uh, CYCCs, NPO-run CYCCs, actually have the illegal baby baskets. We're busy with our analysis. Once we've confirmed those numbers, we need to engage them because this information was not provided to the department. In addition to that, if we are saying that there are private temporary safe care homes that are existing in our communities, these private temporary safe care homes cannot exist in isolation. They need to be linked to a designated child protection organization. And again, Sakina, we are not aware of how many are linked to our designated child protection organization. And that process is what we are trying to establish now. At this point, if you had to ask us numbers, I would not be able to give you that because we're busy gathering that information as a department. I guess better, you know, uh, uh, rather later than never. But Yvonne, just just finally, as we have to wrap this up now, seeing that you are now uh, basically closing down this avenue of the baby baskets. What are the alternatives for mothers? Because, and I was reading a very interesting uh, report about um, a mother who came forward and and she basically outlined how she had tried to go uh, to contact uh, uh, some um, social workers to assist. Uh, She was shamed um, uh, for trying to surrender her baby. So it would seem as though the avenues that exist 
uh, or that should be the legal ones through which people need to surrender are perhaps also not sufficiently uh, capacitated or the people working there uh, not necessarily trained to deal with this sort of thing. So once you remove this anonymous baby Mm. basket service, what are the alternatives left for moms who are desperate? Sure. I think, you know, if you have incidents of which you've just explained now, could be isolated incidents, but social service professionals, be it social workers, uh, social auxiliary workers, healthcare professionals, as well as the South African police, have been trained and capacitated on how to manage should a mother wish to relinquish her rights as a birth mother. Now, the, the important part that we're trying to now say is if we are saying baby savers is an unlawful practice, it means that we need to now strengthen our efforts within the existing child care and protection systems. So all of our stakeholders, DSD, Department of Social Development, child protection organizations who are designated to care, protect children, our health facilities, our local health clinics, understand what their roles and responsibilities are in terms of um, safely protecting children. I think the idea from our side would be now going back to all of these critical stakeholders and, and saying, you know what your roles are. You know what needs to be done. How do you strengthen and intensify your interventions so we don't have babies being abandoned through baby baskets? Okay. Now, so there's a mother right now, Yvonne. Yeah. We're out of time. There's a mother right yes. now who wants to surrender her baby. Where should she go? Is, is mom with a toddler or is it a, she just gave birth to a baby? We uh, need to establish that. If it's a, a okay. Both, both situations. Where, where does mom go right now? The Department of Social Development. We have offices in all of our five regions. We also have satellite offices she can go to. We have 93 child protection organizations across the province. That's your child welfare organizations that she can go to. She can go to the local police, uh, South African police services, because they too have a protocol in place on how to receive the child and then refer to the designated child protection organizations and the department. She can also go to a local clinic where our nurses and healthcare uh, professionals are trained to help mom and give her the, the right direction on where she can relinquish her responsibility of her baby. Yvonne Dianara, and thanks so much for that and uh, speaking to us from the uh, Child Protection Services at the Gauteng Department of Social Development. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.